Hi! Welcome to Obsessions of a Millennial Drama Queen, where every week a guest and I work our way through the alphabet talking about things we are obsessed with. I'm Adam Dalton Blake, and this week my friend Karam Hanna and I reunited to talk about how O is for Oscar snubs. We chatted about the need for horror movie recognition, the first lady of the Oscars, Glenn Close, and what some movies look like through a couple's therapist perspective. Make sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at omdqpod, that's omdqpod, and let us know in the comments what you're obsessed with. Also, feel free to leave us a rating and review on anywhere you get your podcasts. It really helps us out. Enjoy the show! Hi, Karam, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. I'm so excited. Oh my god. I am so excited to have you back. You are my first guest that I'm having back for a second time around. And I knew that you would be perfect for this uh, because you and I are both obsessed with the Oscars. I'm so honored, honestly. Yeah. Yay! Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be so fun. And I knew as we were talking about um on our last appear on your last appearance here when we were talking about Chicago, I was like Oh, he knows he knows more than he's letting on about these Oscars. I know it. I know it. And uh, the proof is in the pudding because um, obviously we're friends in real life and we're friends on social media. Mm-hmm. And so I saw you post something and in the background was Carrie Mulligan and Margot Robbie's <laughs> Actors on Actors like Hollywood Reporter interview. And I was like, Karam, I've watched the same interview four times. <laughs> yep, yep. And I was like, I was so happy because I, I think they're the only one besides another friend of mine who watches them. They, they literally just put them off for us, honestly. And I'm so happy. Truly, truly. It's like everyone else is watching the World Cup and I'm waiting for another episode of uh, those Actors on Actors to pop up. <laughs> I kid you not i was literally just watching the um uh the janae monet one with uh, austin butler just before i hopped on it looks good so i'm I'm excited yeah i was also literally just watching what i was watching the laura dern and michelle williams one Oh, did not know that came out. All right. It's cute. It's very good. It's two happy blonde women talking to each other. <laughs> I have my beef with Laura Dern, but that's for later, actually, in the <gasps> episode, because she's still an Oscar from one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get into all of our beefs here. Um, yeah. So today we're talking about how O is for Oscar snubs. Um, and I think just maybe the Oscars in general. Mm-hmm. Um I'm obsessed with the Oscars. I know you're obsessed with the Oscars. Um, but what was like your first exposure to the Oscars, the the illustrious Academy Awards? Do you remember? I do remember. Um, th- I don't know why I um, this is like such a vivid memory in my in my uh, brain, basically. But um, when oh my god, I should have done my research. But when Malin, she's a deaf actress. Malin something. Oh, Marley Matlin. Marley, no, yes. Ma- Marley Matlin. Yeah. Marley Matlin. She when she won. Um, I remember like because I was uh, in Iraq at the time, and they made such a big deal out of you know like a deaf actress winning an Oscar. Mm-hmm. That was like such a big thing, and I just remember like her picture like plastered all over the news and all over <gasps> um, you know magazines and mm-hmm. all of that. So I was like, wow, this is like cool. Like you know that what is this Oscars? And then mm-hmm. you know kind of as a kid kind of looked, looked into it and stuff and I found it was really entertaining um, and then really didn't have another exposure until I moved to the U.S. at um, the tender age of 14. Um, yeah I you know kind of started following the movies started following the, the Academy Awards got into the fashion sense of it and mm-hmm. and all of that and it's been a love ever since then. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Wow. That's amazing that like that win, that Marley Matlin win was like global. That, oh, yeah. That's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it wasn't like, you know, we didn't get the the ceremony like, you know, broadcasted or anything over there. It's just mm-hmm. we got like, you know, pictures and like or the yeah. list of winners or what whatnot. So it, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a whole other um, exposure to to uh, move to the U.S. and see like how big the Oscars are over here and how like, you know, followed they are. And so, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That brings a whole like a whole new perspective to all this. Um, yeah. My, my first introduction, I think it was like the glitz and glamour of it. I was like a little, little gay boy growing up in the suburbs who loved to draw like fashion models and like design really? dresses in my <laughs> notebooks. Surprise, surprise to no one. Um, and uh, I was just obsessed with like going to Oscar parties as a kid, bringing a sketchbook and sketching the dresses that I saw. Um, and one distinct one that I remember as a kid, um, was Reese Witherspoon in, I think it was the year after or two years after she won for Walk the Line, where she wore a short yellow dress to the Oscars. And everyone was like, a short dress to the Oscars? This is revolutionary. And I'm like, oh my God, I like, there's like a whole context here I don't know. And it's a cute dress. She has bangs. I love it. Um, And then I started following the fashions in a big way. But then not until probably I was like out on my own, like, in college or just right after college is when I really started wanting to like actually watch the films and like kind of be a part of the conversation. And then it truly just became like the Olympics for me of like, (laughs) I I strategize every year of like who I think is going to win and, and what films are good, what are bad, what I, what I want to be nominated. It truly is like the world cup, the Olympics of actresses, Mm -hmm. uh, specifically actresses is what I care about. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I treat it very seriously, but it's so fun because it's all camp. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's camp yet serious at the same time. Yeah. 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 It's kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah. So like, what do you love most about the Oscars or like award shows in general? Um, I think they, you know, when I was an impressionable young man, I kind of like took it as my Bible for like good movies Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and get, and then I, of course, like I, I matured and found out that, you know, I like every organization, it's not the perfect, most perfect right. things. And like yep. some picks are not the greatest and some things mm-hmm. are, you know, not the best. And of course, like racism and sexism comes in the mix mm-hmm. and all, all of that. So, uh, but you know, t- to me, I appreciate it because, um, it does provide me with like a guideline of like what movies should, should be checked out or, you know, if it's something interesting or a great work of cinema. Um, and, and like you, uh, I think this is no shock to you as well, but I just love the fashion aspect of it. Like mm-hmm. the, the red carpet, what everyone's going to wear. Um, I know, like I hear from a lot of people that, you know, it, it can come off as kind of like self-fulfilling or vapid or whatnot. But I honestly look at fashion like, it's like an art piece and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people's vision and, you know, somebody's like, you know, art, art form kind of constructed that gown that we were there. We're all looking yeah. at. And I think that's kind of why I appreciate it and like to, it's fun to critique. Well, I'm in my sweatpants and oversized <laughs> exactly. shorts. Exactly. Getting a bag of <laughs> chips at home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I feel like it's one of like, 
it feels at least like one of the last vestiges of like this like old Hollywood glamour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like um, it really was like growing up kind of the only window into like the super glamorous fashion world. Mm-hmm. Like now we have social media, right? So it's like you see um, all these people dressing up for all of these events or like broadcasting the Met Gala. The Met Gala was not a public thing when we were growing up. So it really right. was the Oscars was where you see kind of this this glamorous sense of fashion. And then not until I got older, I'm like, oh, these performances are amazing as well. It was like, it was like <laughs> cherry on the top. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 just, I just love, I, I <laughs> love seeing um, good people get recognized for good work. Um, mm-hmm. I am a big fan of celebrating people. And so if, um, if there's a chance to celebrate someone for an amazing job while wearing a beautiful gown, Hey, I am all here for it. Same. Same. Yeah. Absolutely. Same. <laughs> um, do you have like a favorite like category or anything that you specifically, um, look at the race for, or like that you're interested in? I, I don't know why. And maybe this has something to do with my, you know, um, sexual orientation but it's always the best uh actress category Mm -hmm. that i like i'm so intense about um because you know we want to support our leading ladies and you know Mm -hmm. i think i think there's like a common theme of uh, it it got better since the me too movement but like there's and it's still happening but there's a common theme of like women have to work harder for you know, mm-hmm. their roles, their, uh, to prove themselves, like, you know, you're immediately, if you're demanding your label as a bitch, um, and, and all of that, like, speaking of the videos, the round table videos where, mm-hmm. where like, you know, actresses sit down and like discuss their process yeah. and discuss their, um, journey in the, in the acting world. Those are fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. like some females who are like big, big names, like to, are, to, are basically like sharing with us how much struggle they went with. Uh, yeah. when it came to proving themselves and proving their um, abilities. And so, you know, just kind of to celebrate that category and kind of, um, you know, I, I just love it in general. I think it's it's uh, really um, special for sure. Yeah. What's so funny about those roundtable things, those roundtable discussions, is all of the women get asked these really serious questions about like, the industry, right? They get asked about like the Me Too movement, about um, pay inequity, mm-hmm. about racism, about all these things. And then the male actors just get asked really about their performances and yep. like the process of their performances, where it's kind of like um, the industry is putting all the burden of change on these women mm-hmm. um, to kind of move the needle when it's like, nah, let's. It's the whole thing that women, like, why women actresses get asked like oh what's it like to balance home life and professional life but they don't ask the men that so i agree in that seeing like these women kind of get their get their roses um Mm -hmm. it is really really lovely because one they work really hard but also oftentimes they have to work twice as hard because they have to like wade through all of this bullsh to like get to the top absolutely absolutely and i don't know if you've noticed but even like in later years in the oscars the uh supporting actress category has Mm -hmm. become so prevalent it wasn't yes i i like kind of like sat down and thought thought about it and i think that um you know but when i when we were growing up with with the oscars it wasn't like an important category but now it's Mm -hmm. like one of the most important ones and um yeah i i actually i used to just uh watch 
the the category for best uh, movies, best um, mm-hmm. male actor, best female actor. But now I've added the list of best supporting actor and female actor um, to my list of movies that I need to watch before the ceremony. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because like what I love about the supporting actress is that um, there's not as much pressure for mm-hmm. um, that person to win for the movie to be a success i feel like um with like oscar campaigning Mm -hmm. there's always a lot of pressure on best actor best actress and then best picture um and then often supporting actress is kind of um like siloed from the campaign where you're Mm -hmm. really just seeing like a phenomenal performance being Mm -hmm awarded rather than like some politics which is kind of the same way i feel about um best original screenplay mm-hmm. often um best original screenplay isn't the same as best picture sometimes it is but often with best original screenplay they the more like interesting story gets mm-hmm. recognized mm-hmm. um because it's a way to honor the movie without like having to have this huge campaign of best picture, like get out one best original screenplay, Mm -hmm. little miss sunshine, one best original screenplay and promising young woman, one best original screenplay. And all of those are like, kind of like genre pushing screenplays that don't necessarily have the budget to go after a big picture lock. And not, and not typically picked as, uh, you know, for best pictures because of the genres, which, you Mm -hmm. know, you you brought up. I mean, but these are the uh, the three movies that you just listed are just. (laughs) They're amazing. Fantastic. (laughs) I I love Promising Young Women gave me chills, honestly. Oh, yeah. God, such an incredible movie. Yeah. I mean, after watching that Carrie Mulligan and Margot Robbie interview, I have been jonesing to watch Promising Young Woman again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, same. And I, I mean, it, I think I already told you about what she said. You definitely should watch that because I know Harry Mulligan absolutely killed in that movie. Ugh, she gives great a great bang performance. <laughs> she does. You has got a bang. Ugh, love that. All right. So, kind of diving into our structure of this little podcast. So, uh, you and I both have um, a few. Um, so some of our favorite Oscar snubs that we think uh, should have happened didn't necessarily happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking we go back and forth. Uh, we both bring what we have to the table and we chat about it. Perfect. Prepare for some strong opinions. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. All right. Do you want to start, hun? Well, I think you, knowing me, you would know this one. But obviously, Jennifer Lopez and Hustlers. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that was, you know, the <laughs> the first like crack and you know my my you know i i actually like would appreciate the oscars and like their opinions and all of that but like when they didn't nominate j-lo after mm-hmm. the incredible work that she did um mm-hmm. i was like okay maybe i shouldn't trust the oscars <laughs> 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 that like shattered my illusion of the perfectionism yeah. that is the oscars um yeah it's it honestly hasn't been the same since then <laughs> <laughs> But I I just thought that, you know, I don't know. And I don't know. Like some people like said it was like, you know, uh, both sexism and racism because, you know, the Oscars are, you know, not um, nominating women of color and all of that mm-hmm. uh, and, or women in general. But um, especially when it comes to the female director category. But mm-hmm. um, I just thought that she did an amazing immersive. Like I forgot, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed with J-Lo. 
and mm-hmm. I kind of forgot that she was on on screen. Like honestly, that's yeah. and that's the telling of a really like immersive true performance. Is you know, she, poor thing trained on a pole for eight weeks. You know what I mean? Like I and then did the character study, did really like worked with the you know um, an acting coach and all of that. And um, really, I mean, like if you watch all the interviews that she did, kind of prepping for the character, it was it was really out of her realm. Like she really stretched out mm-hmm. her acting muscle, and I know that she um gets the flag for you know her rom-coms and bad acting and all of that but i think that honestly she nailed it and it was just that i think that what also was shocking and i i saw her halftime inter like documentary on netflix mm-hmm. but what was shocking was like they were everyone was building it up everyone was like yeah you're definitely gonna get the nomination you're definitely whatever and you know or and if not win if not win best actress and it was mm-hmm. just like so hyped and then when the nomination list i i literally was so angry yeah <laughs> she didn't get the, the like you know the attention she deserved basically so they have, she should have been nominated if not even actually win um, I know it went to Laura Dern. Um, mm-hmm. She's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I love her. But like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that role was like the same as Renata from, you know, mm-hmm. Big Little Lies. Yeah. It's same exact character. And I'm like, okay, well, where is the range there? You know, <laughs> I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for that. Oh, no, I don't think so. I, so it's very interesting because something we'll probably talk about more in this thing is that the Oscars have a way of awarding someone's career yep. through like one performance. Correct. And I feel like um like Laura Dern, everyone knows I'm obsessed with Laura Dern, especially how long her neck is. Um but uh she was probably awarded her marriage story role for having an amazing um amazing performance in marriage story, but also just like all of her career. Mm-hmm. Um and the the Academy is probably like, oh it's time to award her. Uh, I do have um up the other nom- nominees for that year. So that was 2019. Mm-hmm. And so it was Laura Dern for Mary Story, who won. Kathy Bates for Richard, Ju- Richard Jewell, which I've never heard of. No one saw um, it. Yeah, no one saw it. <laughs> Everyone watched Hustlers. Truly. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, which is, this was when Scarlett Johansson was double nominated for supporting and lead for right. Mary Story. Florence Pugh for Little Women. Mm-hmm. And then Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Mm-hmm. I think that J-Lo could have definitely taken the place of Margot or Scarlett here. Real, okay. <laughs> I think Kathy Bates. I do oh, yeah. Think, well, to be fair, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I do think Kathy Bates because I actually, uh, speaking of J-Lo's performance in that movie, I actually was surprised by Scarlett Johansson's range in, in Mary's okay. Story. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen Mary's Story? Yeah, I saw Mary's Story. Yep. I thought that she gave like a really raw, like, mm-hmm. you know, also stretched out her like acting muscle for sure. Yeah. Um, in, in Mary's story, I really, uh, and maybe it hits hard home because I'm a couple therapist. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> but but I, I was like, oh my God, that performance is so real. And, you know, I just, I enjoyed that. But yeah, I mm-hmm. agree with you. I think, you know, Margot Robbie or Kathy Bates could have definitely, you know, Jayla could have definitely been nominated instead. Yeah. 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 I think that's canon. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm into that. I think that's right. Yeah. All right. So my first. So my first is actually a person who was nominated, who I think deserved the win, and that that's my only one of, of that in this list. Mm. And it is Michelle Williams in My Week with Marilyn. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. was 2011. Um, I 
fell in love with Michelle Williams here. Um, I'd always known she was a talented actress, um, but seeing her transform into Marilyn Monroe, especially with like Blonde coming out recently, yeah, um, and kind of Anna de Armas getting a lot of praise, I'm like, do y'all not remember <laughs> Michelle Williams in this role? It was like I finally understood like the enchantment that Marilyn Monroe had because Michelle Williams just like devoured that role in such yeah. a lovely way. Um, it's the story of base. It's Eddie Redmayne on a set, um, a, a, a set of a movie with a week um, shooting with Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. um, and he is like an intern on set and becomes essentially her assistant and her lover. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh my god, I just thought it was brilliant. But that year, um, Meryl Streep won for The Iron Lady. Mm-hmm. Which very good performance. She campaigned very hard for that for, for that um, Oscar, um, and it was a tough year. I'll give it. It was a very tough year. It was Meryl Streep for Iron Lady, Glenn Close for Albert Knobs, like a gender bendy performance. Talking to, talk about snobs. <laughs> I know Viola Davis for the help, Rooney yeah. Mara for the girl with the dragon tattoo, kind of like a breakout role for her, mm-hmm. and then Michelle Williams for My Week with Maryland. Definitely a tough, tough year right i just i just absolutely fell in love with michelle williams williams there and i'm i was kind of in the vein of like we know meryl will be nominated again um right and it looks like michelle williams will be nominated again for the fablemans this year but um it i don't think anything will compare to her performance of marilyn monroe there i just like that performance because um she really showed um she she whether you like Marilyn or not, or whether you agree with what happened or not, um, I think she just kind of um, embeds that empathy in you. Mm -hmm. You feel so bad for her because she portrayed her at such a low point of her life um, that you couldn't help but like kind of uh, empathize and sympathize and all of that. And she just did a great job balancing between uh, Marilyn really being a joke during, you know, at that um, set Mm -hmm. and, and also just kind of like, showcasing what she went through um yeah love that for sure yeah yeah and seeing those side-by-side comparisons of like yeah. marilyn in that scene and and michelle doing doing the recreation it's brilliant work yeah it's brilliant i mean i think that goes Absolutely. to show because like michelle also killed it as gwen verdon and fossey verdon mm-hmm. it just shows that like when michelle is like set to um, play a real person she really takes it seriously and she executes it beautifully absolutely she's definitely underrated in the mm-hmm. industry i think yeah. so i yeah. think so yep yeah when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply all right, so that's my first. So who's your second? Oh, my second uh, has to be Tony Collette in Hereditary. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh yeah. Uh, did you did you end up watch it? 
watching it? No. So here's the thing. I'm always like, oh, I'll watch it tonight. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to be scared. Like, you know, it, it's I'm terrible with scary movies, but oh boy, I want to watch it. I'm just, I have to, I have to kind of, kind of toughen up a little bit. Listen, I totally understand. And it's like actually one of those movies that you really have to be in the right mindset because if you're mm-hmm. not, it can get dark really quickly. It's a, it's a yeah. very psychologically um, terrifying movie, mm-hmm. which is probably mm-hmm. why it's my favorite like horror movie. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, needless to say, Tony Collette is just amazing all around Mm -hmm. literally i haven't seen her in a role where i was like oh this was bad uh even Mm -hmm. when she's campy she's amazing you know what i mean like i mean we talked about her in the last podcast with uh, connie and carla Carla. absolutely Mm -hmm. yes yes uh but she i mean the amount of um i you know how like the actors like like to always talk about oh i i filmed the scene it just took a lot out of me you actually mm-hmm. feel that as an audience yeah. member. It actually feels exhausting to you, just her perform- mm-hmm. her amazing performance. Like she really yeah. tapped into somewhere uh, deep because um, she, it, the movie is about grief and loss. And, you know, she just perfectly portrays, um, again, maybe my therapist side is coming here, <laughs> but uh, she perfectly portrays like the anger that people deal with when it comes to grief or the uh, the mm-hmm. sadness, the outer sadness that, you know, they they um, go through um, um, the resentment that they have for other family members. I mean, there's a dinner scene uh, where she confronts her son and you just like as an audience member, you're like, I just want the ground to open up and engulf me because this is too uncomfortable. But that's mm-hmm. just like speaking for how amazing the performance was. Um, it, it should be, honestly, should be shown for any family therapist in training <laughs> just yeah. because like, this is how intense it can get. And honestly, I've seen it in session with a lot of my mm-hmm. clients, but, um, you know, it, it is just a phenomenal performance. And the fact that it wasn't nominated just because it was a horror movie, um, uh, it, the, the Oscars, that's like another beef I have with the Oscars. Like mm-hmm. they just need to get over it. Like, you know, if it's a wonderful performance, who cares if it's like, horror or not you know what i mean like i just think that that was a such a missed opportunity for her because she's absolutely incredible in that movie yeah the horror conversation is really interesting um i think it's coming back up again mm-hmm. uh this current season with mia goth in mm-hmm. uh, pearl and an x uh people are plotting her so much for this performance but all the critics are like well horror doesn't get recognized so it's right. not gonna happen for her but yeah that happened with like the Tony Collette has only had one other nomination also, which was for um, Silence of the Lambs, right? Wait, Tony? No, not no, not Silence of the Lambs. That's Jodie Foster. Yeah, I know. What's the oh. one that I'm thinking of? Oh, Sixth um, Sense? Sixth Sense. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So she was nominated for that. And I think that's like one of the few horror movies that like is – in in the conversation right. i also think it, ha- it has to do with obviously the sexism of it all it's that mm-hmm. these women in horror movies are not taken that seriously lupita nyong'o in us wasn't us. nominated for an yep. oscar um florence Pugh in midsummer was not nominated for an oscar yeah um it's it's wild that these performances which truly take a lot out of you and Absolutely. to add depth to like that genre is a, a big feat um, they should totally be recognized, and especially with a one Miss Tony Collette. 
Absolutely. I mean, it was just, it was just kind of, again, it was like a, a performance on a whole other level. And just because it was horror doesn't mean that she didn't tap into something, you know, raw or like real. And yeah. it, it showed on screen, honestly. She just gave a brilliant performance. Um, they should definitely get over it. I hate to say it, but the only reason why Get Out, you know, like was nominated wasn't, of course, it was a brilliant movie, don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. But like the reason why the Academy even noticed it, I think, is because they were such under hot water with like being you know, so white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, let's recognize this with like, you know, because it's like a famously like, you know, all African American movie, which is, mm -hmm. it, it should honestly win all the, I love that movie so much. It should oh, win yeah. all the awards, in my opinion. Uh, but um, yeah, I think that's the only reason why they nominated a horror movie. Um, mm -hmm. But, and other horror movies don't get the recognition for sure. Yeah, truly. Yeah. So that year that Tony would have been nominated for Hereditary, it was the year Olivia Coleman won for The Favorite. Mm. Um, and along the nominees were um, Yalitza Aparicio for Roma, mm -hmm. um, Glenn Close again uh, for The Wife, um, Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, mm. and then Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? I saw most of these... Mm -hmm. um, I think Melissa McCarthy gave a nice performance, mm -hmm. but I would have, I think she could have taken the, I think Tony Collette could have taken that spot. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I think, uh, even though I, that honestly, Can You Forgive Me was one of my favorite movies that year. Mm -hmm. um, the Wife wasn't really, I mean, I kind of understand because everyone's like, oh my God, Glenn is finally going to get her Oscar. Yes. But then it wasn't like, I feel like if, if she had won, it would be like you you mentioned earlier, it would be for like a career Oscar, not so right. much of that movie because mm -hmm. it wasn't yeah. that great in my opinion. Like it, should, yeah. it was just like, well, whatever performance. But like, um, yeah, I I definitely agree that she should have definitely been nominated. And, and the fact that she isn't, wasn't still baffles me to this day <laughs> yeah i think that if, if glenn close ever gets around to doing that sunset boulevard movie that's mm -hmm. her oscar i think so yeah i mean yeah. i have to give it to her i feel <laughs> yeah so yeah at this point it's like a guaranteed <laughs> yeah all right so um that's that um okay so my next one is um a one miss aquafina in mm. the farewell mm-hmm now, I remember this being a huge shock to everyone that she yes. wasn't nominated for this movie, um, mainly because she had just won the Golden Globe mm -hmm. for um, Best Actress in a uh, Musical or Comedy, which is weird because The Farewell is not a comedy. Um, <laughs> but uh, what, what I learned, um, mainly in the conversation with Jessica Chastain this past year, um, is that the gold? I, I was brought up thinking that the Golden Globes was like the precursor to the Oscars, and that whoever wins the Golden Globe is probably going to win the Oscar, which is not true. Mm -hmm. In well, fact, like the the most like accurate like like award to award pipeline is really SAG. I learned. Yep. Um, SAG because the Oscars it's like a lot of the same voting pool is in SAG because they have to yeah. make movies. Um, and then also in the Academy, because in the Academy, you also have to have made a certain amount of movies. Yeah. So um, that was really eye-opening for me. But Aquafina in The Farewell, I thought she gave a fabulous performance. Mm -hmm. It was amazing seeing like what we know is like a comedic actress or like really just like a, a 
rapper. She, she started as like a rapper and kind of morphed into this comedic actress, right. um, taking on this uh, really in-depth character and talking about um, family and um, like being an immigrant and mm-hmm. trying to figure out like where you belong and um, where you come from. Um, and I was just, I, I was, I was heartbroken. I laughed. I, I all, all of the emotions. I just thought she was like a shoe in to be, mm-hmm. to be nominated for that role. It was definitely like a multi-layered performance for absolute yeah. sure. And yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, I, I just, we were just discussing the nominations for, uh, 2019. Um, mm-hmm. and they were saying that because like Lady Gaga won for Golden Globe, like she's uh, like, it's between her and Glenn Close. Uh, but you know, obviously that wasn't the case because Olivia Coleman got it. Uh, but yeah, um, with Aquafina, I think that, you know, it's like, again, I remember when that was a shock, like you said, but also it again sparked the conversation of, uh, because she's a person of color, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's why she wasn't nominated. And I really, I, I mean, I, I want to get the, in, like, if, if anyone listening has the insider scoop of like how it all works, like, you know, cause mm-hmm. I'm, I'm imagining like a bunch of like old white people, like being in charge of the Oscars, <laughs> but you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having, you know, I, cause I, I know, I do know that like Whoopi Goldberg is a part of it and like, you know, mm-hmm. part of the process. So it's not all like accurate, but like, I would love to know how the process of nomination and like award ceremonies go for sure. Yeah. The, the little bit that I know is that, um, so you're invited to be inducted into the Academy. And mm-hmm. in order to be in the Academy, I believe you have had to make like three movies, mm. um, which was, if you go back to my Barbara Streisand episode, that's why it was yes. a whole thing why Barbara <laughs> Streisand was nominated. Yeah, okay. um, but, um, and then I believe um, you have like a huge list of like all the performances and then every voter puts in like their top five. And then I think the aggregate of that then becomes the nominations. And then you um, do it again. Uh, for right. When, when the, when the, um, when the nominations come out, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's not totally clear how that happens and who even is voting. Cause like, we don't know who's really in the Academy. All we hear is that like, there's no diversity. <laughs> um yeah. Which is weird because there's a lot of diversity in the acting pool and the producing pool and the directing pool, but they're, mm-hmm. they're not being recognized by the Academy as like people who should vote. That's, right. that's a big problem. Right, right. Um, so Aquafina was nominated, uh, or not nominated, but mm-hmm. um, the that was the year that Renee Zellweger won for playing Judy Garland in Judy. Um, the other nominations were Cynthia Revo in Harriet, Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story, um, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, and then Charlize Theron for Bombshell, which I will say it's it's I understand it's hard to get in there. It's hard it to get in there. those are all, those are all yeah. really tough. Um, but hey, let's let's just put a uh, you know a, a sixth nominee in there, right? Yeah, why can't we make it ten? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> didn't they expand like the ten? You know, the best movie category to ten. Why can't we do that for actresses? And actresses? I know it's wild how big that yeah. list is. Whew. I know, Whew. I know. I'm um, really like chosen for um, the nominations for this year. I'm really excited. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I think maybe Aquafina could have taken the place of Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. Um, I, I think she was great in Little Women. She obviously like carried that film. Um, I do think that film was way more about Greta 
Greta Gerwig's direction and writing than about the performances. I would argue that um, uh, Florence Pugh, Florence, yeah, uh, carried yep. that movie. <laughs> yeah, I, yep. I would because she was my absolute favorite. She made me love a Little Women's Story. Honestly, mm-hmm. like Amy was just phenomenal. Yeah, uh, but yep. yeah, I definitely think that if if anyone was to repl- be replaced from that list, it would be Saoirse Ronan for yep. sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Aquafina, we're we're ho- we're hoping for you for an Oscar <laughs> yes. in the near future. Yes. <laughs> All right. What you got? Third one. Yeah. Um, I have to say Jim Carrey in um, Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that movie I think has to be one of my top ten uh, favorite movies of all time. It's just so it's a beautiful. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen it, but it's a beautiful. Damn, I've never seen it. Oh my god, Adam, you would in the <laughs> For those listening, Karim has his hand his head in his hands on the table, distraught. Uh, how can I how can I move past this moment? Uh, um it you need to fix that immediately. Um uh, it's honestly like a phenomenal work of art. It, it's mm-hmm. just like, not like any movie I've ever seen. The storyline is phenomenal. The acting, I mean, it's like, I believe, I mean, don't get me wrong. I grew up watching Jim Carrey. He like got me through my tough, you know, childhood years uh, with his comedy. But this, like, he really did an amazing job with the drama, with the dramatic role that he had in this mm-hmm. movie. Um I mean, uh, you can literally feel it on his face. Um, and just the way they, they shot the movie, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, like 95% of the like practical, and once you actually watch it, Adam, you will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but 95% of the, you know, special effects were practical. Like they did not, mm-hmm. and, and camera work and angles and all of that. Um but Kate Winslet was uh, amazing in that movie. Literally everybody, Mark Ruffalo, Kirsten Dunst, like, but definitely Jim Carrey. And he didn't even get like recognized, honestly, in the mm-hmm. in the um in the best actor, you know, a category, which is such a shame because I honestly think it's like one of his best acting roles ever, uh, in my opinion. Um, really gave it his all and everyone should watch that masterpiece of cinema of a movie. For sure. Yeah. So that was like, that was 1997. And I think at that point, we hadn't caught on as a society of like awarding actors or actresses that like step out of their type. Yeah. Um, Wait, like, that, that couldn't have been it. The spot, Eternal Sunshine? 1997? Is that not right? Did I do my research wrong? <laughs> um, 2004. 2004. Okay. Yeah. 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 But yeah, you are right though. It wasn't. It was still not being celebrated. It was like it. It wasn't until like mid two thousands where it caught on. You know, like we. You know, especially with Robin Williams and and him. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and it's like I feel like like only recently, it's like becoming a bigger like 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 with our Aquafina conversation, mm-hmm. like Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. um, Sandra Bullock, even Ugh. of like um, these people were kind of touted as like their type either comedians or rom-coms um and then they are kind of um put put into a box but yeah yeah but now now they're a bit more celebrated so wait okay let let me pull up who was nominated that year yeah yeah um because i want to speak the truth here (laughs) okay 
um, th- this Wikipedia page of <laughs> all the Oscars. I, I, it's the most visited thing on my whole entire computer. Okay. <laughs> Didn't you say uh, something about like how every link is now purple because yes. you've been there already? <laughs> yes. Every single um, every single awards uh, link on any actor or actress's page is always always purple always I purple. i love that so much that's why we're okay friends. <laughs> okay so best actor um that year went to uh jamie fox for mm. ray mm. which uh very, very deserved yeah. uh but the other nominations were don Cheadle in hotel rwanda mm-hmm. johnny depp for finding neverland mm-hmm. leonardo dicaprio for the aviator and clint eastwood for million dollar baby i think definitely could have taken johnny depp's place I think so too. Yeah. I, I, I think what we're seeing here, which is, um, you know, a whole other conversation, Finding Netherland was a Miramax production, right? Yes. And so Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. you know, infamous Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. um, had a real hold on the Oscars and how all of voting and campaigning went down. Absolutely. And I know he pushed really hard for Finding Neverland. Yeah. Um, so I have a feeling that that played a big part in Johnny Depp's nomination. Right, right. Which is really unfortunate because, I mean, like, that's how, you know, again, that's how, like, the, the, the crack in the trust of Oscars came about. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, there are some politics that come along with it. I actually watched, like, a whole uh, video on YouTube about how he influenced, like, he was such a big influence on the Oscars. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, really had them. Uh, but, you know, that's why folks like um, Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, you know, not that I'm saying that it's not well deserved. They're amazing actresses, but like they were like a shoe win almost for um, mm-hmm. a win just because he wanted Miramax to win, you know, most of the categories basically, just because it was all about status for him. Yeah, he basically yeah. invented like the modern Oscar campaign of right. like going hard after like certain categories in order to like right. um, see financial return, which we all know was not done in. The most true um, and um, healthy ways. In fact, yeah. it was pretty, pretty horrible the way he did it. Absolutely. Again, watch. He yeah. said, "You'll." Uh, yes. Oh, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, and what? Well, I also obviously I haven't seen Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, but I do like that. Um, so Kate Winslet is also in that movie, mm-hmm. and basically they switch um, assumed types, right? Like mm-hmm. Kate Winslet is more of like the alt alternative edgy girl and then yep. jim carrey is a bit more of the straight man right very grounded very like mm-hmm. like she's like the i mean it's a typical like picture dream girl thing that yeah. you know with her character but like you know he kind of like grounds her and like it, it's kind of a commentary about like how they actually balance each other out in a way uh mm-hmm. but because they're so different it also that's why uh, I'm not giving anything away here, but like that's why the relationship didn't work out, you know, initially and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it, you know, it's just also like the the concept and how they went about it. Um, it's just brilliant how they were able to adapt to it as characters because um, you don't you don't you haven't like you said like you haven't really not only seen Jim Carrey in that kind of role, but also Kate Winslet was like the yeah weird like you know the dialogue is odd. The, Oh, the, the cinematography is amazing. You just watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I Karim, I would love to watch all of these um, 
movies about like romance with you as like a couples therapist. I'd be so interested <laughs> to see your your diagnoses of these relationships. Oh god, it's a it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> Cuz I'm like shouldn't do that, shouldn't do that. But like um yeah, there are some things that they do really well in movies, of course, mm. but like most of the things are very problematic and most of the things are very like glamorized toxicity. Yeah. Um yeah, it would actually be annoying. <laughs> Is there is there one role or uh, perform or movie that you think exemplifies like a horrible relationship or one that like strikes uh, comes to your mind as like an amazing relationship? Oh, like in in portrayal of movies? Yeah. Hmm. Like as a, you mean as a good example, right? Not like yeah, a, yeah. Okay. A good example, or or is like a like textbook toxic relationship? Believe it or not. Um, uh, oh my god, why am I blanking? Um, the movie with uh, uh, Jennifer, it's one of my favorites, <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> and, and Bradley Cooper. Oh, Silver Lang's playbook? Silver, yes, yes. It's actually like a really great um, example of how you start off kind of like knowing each other and getting to know each other, uh, spending that bond, bonding time because they worked on like they don't. Uh, the dancing piece and all mm-hmm. of that and just like really got to know each other through their like th- their true selves and true personalities and i think that's like a great basis of like kind of uh building up a relationship and they were very aware of each other's mental health issues as well mm-hmm. and kind of like i not only am i gonna like deal work on myself but i'm gonna also help you work on yourself as well and i think that was just like a great example of them kind of like because I, I hate that uh, as a couples therapist, I hate that like thing of like, you have to be whole, you have to be perfect, you know, and mm-hmm. work on yourself before you go into a relationship. No, right. that's not necessarily the case because everyone's not, nobody's perfect. Everyone's flawed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it actually speaks more if you are a partner who helps, who helps you build a good foundation and evolve together as a, as a unit. Uh, rather than just be like, okay, I'm perfect. I'm walking into this relationship and I don't need to work on anything. Uh, That's not realistic. That's BS. Yeah. That's pop psychology. (laughs) Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay, cool. I love that. Um, I love that movie. Um, In a podcast I just did, um, I talked about how I lost my virginity to that movie. So I'm happy that um, that momentous... (laughs) um, uh, movie happened uh, during a momentous occasion <laughs> and that I was viewing healthy relationships. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a fine, to such a fine piece of cinema as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, so good. It could have been like Harold um, Kumar go to White Castle. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's true. That's true. And let me tell you, um, we went to White Castle. All right. So um, my, my next, um, my next uh, Oscar snub is um my queen the the one who started this whole podcast journey is amy adams mm-hmm. um in arrival so mm. everyone knows i'm obsessed with amy adams <laughs> she's slowly becoming a glenn close narrative of like mm-hmm. being nominated she's been nominated six times for an oscar and never won glenn i think is like eight or nine like a, a lot um but in this case, for uh, the film Arrival, she wasn't even nominated. Right. Um, and uh, so the basis of the story of Arrival is that there's like an alien invasion um, and uh, they uh, hire a linguist, mm-hmm. um, played by Amy Adams, to communicate with these aliens. Um, 
and I, I know like from the onset it sounds kind of like like the sci-fi like kind of cgi movie when in fact yeah. it's really just like an interesting quiet take on communicating with other species in general mm-hmm. and then it's also kind of a uh, interesting c- cinematic piece because it plays with timeline a lot mm-hmm. of um you don't know what's in the future what's current day what's in the past um and amy adams is able to um kind of communicate this vision through all those different timelines Mm -hmm. and she truly does like a really beautiful job in these quiet moments really relating to this like other species um and i do believe it's hailed as one of her strongest performances um just because of the groundedness of it um but she wasn't even in the conversation for the oscar And I have kind of a bone to pick with it because that was the year that Emma Stone won for La La Land. Mm. Now, (laughs) I love Emma Stone. (laughs) I feel not great about La La Land. But (laughs) this is a case of there was such a heavy campaign for her and for La La Land um, that it kind of um, propelled her forward. And I think Amy could have at least gotten a nomination with... um, who these other nominees were. So Emma Stone won for La La Land. Isabelle Huppert was nominated for Elle. Mm. Uh, Ruth Negga was nominated for Loving, which amazing performance. Mm-hmm. Natalie Portman was nominated for Jackie, which mm. another Miramax thing. Right, right, right. And then Meryl Streep was nominated for Florence Foster Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Now we love Meryl Streep. We love to give her her roses. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think she could have done without that nomination. Same. Um, and I think Amy Adams would have fit beautifully in there or fit beautifully um, replacing Natalie Portman. I I agree with you on, you know, because I feel like, you know, I mean, love both. God, she's one of my favorite actresses, of course, uh, Meryl Streep mm-hmm. and also Natalie Portman. But like they mm-hmm. didn't give their best performances in these movies. And yeah, um, Amy definitely did. I just remember, you know, as I'm watching Arrival, I just remember her like I just remember thinking, wow, she's saying so much without saying anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. like the facial expressions and the facial acting is just like phenomenal in that movie. Um, you can you can. When she's can you know communicating with the alien, you can like see the anticipation on her face. You can see like mm-hmm. the worriness, the worry. Like, did they understand what I just said? Did they whatever? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just brilliant uh, facial acting for sure. <laughs> yeah, what's pretty uh, crazy in that film is that I totally forgot that um, uh, Jeremy Renner's in that movie. Same. Like, I only <laughs> think about her because she like yeah. takes control of that of that Absolutely. screen mm-hmm. and i was like oh jeremy renner is like a pretty like uh, established actor he's been oscar nominated but no you completely forget about him mm-hmm. and it's just all about her brilliant performance so I, I think she should have gotten that nomination at least i totally agree for sure okay great great we're in alignment <laughs> um <laughs> okay do you have one more yeah, I mean, I will say Greta Gerwig in uh, mm-hmm. di- directing A Little Women. I mean, yeah. I saw that movie, I think, twice in the movie theaters because I loved it mm-hmm. so much. And uh, her direction was brilliant, I, I thought, you know, um, really shows you like this is like a definite case of like how a director really listens to their cast um, members and like works with them collaboratively on creating mm-hmm. 
you know, such a, you know, a good movie. And that's kind of like, it's showed. Now it's like one of my um, Christmas movie, like list staples. Like I just watch it yeah. at Christmas time because it's perfect for that. Yeah. It, it's, um, she really brought like kind of a newness, especially because she wrote the adapted mm-hmm. screenplay, right? Mm-hmm. So she was writer, director. Um, she really brought this new take to Little Women, which is a story a lot of us know. It's been, um, in multiple versions of a movie, there's been a musical about it. Obviously there's the book. Right. Um, and she really brought this wonderful, like feminist take on it. Um, specifically with like how it ends, but then also of course, Florence Pugh, um, oh. Amy's big speech about like owning property and how yes. marriage is a business proposal. Like yes. that came out of Greta Gerwig and her writing. And then the way it's shot just emphasizes that hundred percent. But also the humor in that movie. Yeah. There was so yeah. many funny lines. Like, I think I literally hunched over at the movie theater when it, when um, Amy, who is playing uh, Florence Pugh, says to her social awareness, like, no, your hair, your only beauty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that line was so well, like, written and delivered and everything, which is why yeah. Florence Pugh is also, like, slowly but surely becoming one of my favorite actresses of all time. She's amazing. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. fabulous. I she's fabulous. <laughs> um, so that was 2019. Let me figure out who won Best Picture for that. And uh, I mean, while you do that, another like honorable mention, I would say um, Elizabeth Moss and The Invisible Man. But that's like another, you know, she gave it her all as well. And not even, honestly, I'm not even the biggest Elizabeth Moss fan, but um, she, you know, I'll give credit where it's due. And she really did well with that. Um, but I think because it was uh, a horror movie, she didn't get their recognition, basically. Yeah. So I think Elizabeth Moss fell to, um, fell privy to COVID because mm-hmm. that movie came out like, I think in like the beginning stages or like it it became, it came out in that time. Right. And so that Oscar season, it was a combination of 2020 Oscars and 2021 Oscars. Right. So a lot of films that came out during that time were disregarded. So that was the year that Frances McDormand won for Nomadland. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andre Day for the United States for Billie Holiday, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, and then our girl Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Yes, yes, absolutely. I th- I think um, I-, I haven't seen that movie, but I Elizabeth Moss gives a fantastic performance. Always, she's always so in it. Right. And that was the same year that Midsummer, um, I believe, was in was supposed to be in conversation for things, but yep. that fell through as well. Right. Um, and yeah, so it's like the, these horror genres that, that we have these such talented actresses, but mm-hmm. oh boy, they they're need not, to be recognized. Not, they need to be recognized. <laughs> so the year that uh, Little Women won best or was not nominated for best picture, uh, Green Book won. Which I mean, there's a whole conversation there to be had. <laughs> um, other other um, uh, nominations were uh, Black Panther, amazing, uh, Black Klansman. Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. I think that Little Women could have taken at least 
Vice and like Bohemian Rhapsody. Absolutely. But yeah. I'm sorry, Bohemian Rhapsody was a piece of crap in my opinion. It was yeah. just yeah, no, I not not having this conversation. Yep. <laughs> I remember being fist, as fist about it back in the day. <laughs> also, Rami Malik winning. Come on. Uh I, know. I do not like that man. <laughs> yeah. There, there are there are multiple layers to Bohemian Rhapsody and what um and what that movie does and represents and what it accomplished and what it didn't. Um, uh, I feel like they just nah. like slash, uh, like straight slash, like whitewashed mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Like yep. it was just awful in my opinion, but yeah, I know a lot of people who like it, so I won't shit talk it too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think little women had a, had a, had a place in there. Absolutely. I, I would have given it. It's an incredible. Um, so my last one, and then I have a little bit of like a, um, um, a, a smaller one yeah. um, is um, so when Nocturnal Animals came out yet again mm-hmm. another Amy Adams movie mm-hmm. um, it was barely recognized in any of these conversations you know why and well, why because Tom Ford directed it and he yes. wasn't you know basically they were like oh he's not a real director he's just a fashion right. designer so he was right yeah off. yeah yeah he and I mean Talk about some brilliant shots in there. So Tom Fordia, yeah, famous fashion designer, direct Nocturnal Animals, and then later directed a simple man, a single man, mm-hmm. um, with Colin Firth. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh, you've made two films now. I guess you can be taken kind of seriously. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so Nocturnal Animals is about. So Amy Adams plays this like art gallery owner, and she's in a, a middle of a divorce, I mm-hmm. believe. And is given a book written by her ex-husband as like kind of like a final send-off. Mm-hmm. And is based is is kind of ish based on character traits of each of them. Mm-hmm. And so she's reading the book, and then the story of this book becomes the movie. Mm-hmm. So in it, Jake Gyllenhaal um is in the car with his family, and then um he's pulled over by a very attractive Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> um, and then the... See, I could his... have stopped you as Jake Jones. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then his um, his wife, played by Isla Fisher, mm-hmm. amazing, Love her. Um, and daughter are kidnapped and killed. Mm-hmm. And um, like sexually abused and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about um, Jake Gyllenhaal trying to find Aaron Taylor Johnson and kind of get um, um, uh, get justice served. Um, however, neither Jake Gyllenhaal nor Aaron Taylor Johnson were nominated mm-hmm. for these performances, which were amazing. Amy Adams gives a good performance, but truly the nomination, the story kind of is held up by Jake Gyllenhaal and Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron won the Golden Globe mm-hmm. for Best Supporting Actor, mm-hmm. uh, but was then not even like considered uh, for like the supporting characters um at the oscars the only one that was um recognized by the oscars was michael shannon who played like the detective who helps um jake gyllenhaal find aaron taylor johnson and it's not that it's not really a role that is that spectacular um he wasn't really nominated for anything else other than this oscar um so that's pretty confusing but um I thought both of their performances were amazing. Aaron Taylor Johnson gives, he's like crazy, manic, like drug addicted, um, like a little, like just crazy. He um, 
is like naked for a lot of it, which I'm like, hello, I'll take yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but just he gives thank such you, depth Ford. to that performance. Yeah, thank you, Tom Ford. And then Jake Dillenhall is um, obviously, as always, just putting his whole self into that character. Yes. Um, and seeing them go at it together is just, it was brilliant work, which I was not recognized at all. Speaking of the Oscars, like it, it, they're so weird about like who they pick because I feel like Michael Shannon and um, like people like Woody Harrelson, they just mm-hmm. like there are some people that they really just like and they yeah. like whatever they get the chance to, they just nominate them because they just like them, and that's really it. You know what I mean? Like there isn't mm-hmm. really because it's kind of feels like a popularity contest, honestly. Uh, but you know because they, I think they're well-versed within the Oscar committee or whatever, but, like, I think that's why they get the recognition and some others don't. Yeah. Um, and if I had to, like, guess, like, people like Jake Gyllenhaal and stuff, they really just do it for the the craft, and, like, they don't mm-hmm. give a crap about the Oscar nomination. Even though after Leo got his Oscar, I'm, like, gunning for Jake to win his, uh, because they need yeah. to. You know, he's a, I'm sorry, he's yeah. a brilliant actor, so... Um, yeah, and he's just needed. consistently put out great work, particularly yeah. in, like, the indie space, um, which is also a whole other conversation of um, indie indie movies getting recognition. Mm-hmm. Which, speaking of which, so that year, Casey Affleck won for Manchester by the Sea, which, I mean... Problematic. Problematic. <laughs> um, so I think Jake Gyllenhaal could have taken his spot, yeah. but it was also Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling for La La Land... Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, and Denzel Washington for Fences. I think Jake could have gotten in there, I think, in place of Casey, Andrew, yeah. or and maybe even Ryan. Ryan didn't do much in that film. Absolutely, yeah. And then Aaron Taylor Johnson would have been up against Mahershala Ali for Moonlight, which, brilliant performance. Brilliant. Um, he won, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges for Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel in Lion, which Dev Patel has beautiful hair in that movie and then michael <laughs> shannon in nocturnal animals i just would have replaced yeah. michael shannon with aaron taylor johnson absolutely i mean yeah yeah just look at the movie for kind of yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely um so that's like our back and forth but i do have one little one little addendum here yes which it this is not it's not a acting um acting category but the year that dream girls came out yeah it was nominated for three original songs <laughs> it was nominated for Listen, Listen, which is like Beyonce staple, one of the hardest songs to sing. Absolutely. Um, Love You, I Do, mm-hmm. which won the won, ended up winning the Grammy for like best song for visual media. Mm-hmm. And um, Patience, which is sung by Anika Noni Rose. Right. All three of those lost to Melissa Etheridge <laughs> for An Inconvenient Truth, yeah. which is like... What? Which... <laughs> Which the original song category is so interesting because it's often a song that is put at the credits. It's like the end of the credits to kind of like set the mood as people are leaving the theater. <laughs> Confusing. Whereas Dream Girls had three original songs in this iconic musical Dream Girls, all of which are amazing, super hard to sing, brilliant songs. Yeah. And then they didn't even they didn't even get a single thing. But I will say, if anyone wants to watch a brilliant performance on the Oscars, go watch Beyonce, Jennifer Hudson, and Nico Noni Rose doing yeah. their medley of these three songs. Yeah. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, we're biased because we're Beyonce fans, but like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
definitely listen should have you know won over that mm-hmm. like that's yeah. like a, you know i mean the, you could, literally like the emotions that seep out of beyonce during that song know. Are just amazing you know what i mean like yeah definitely should have definitely gotten more you know recognition yeah yeah so that that's that's my little my little last tidbit of like <laughs> duh, duh, well, the last bit of unfairity it needed to be said that's what i'm saying good good yeah. I'm glad. absolutely I'm glad. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I, I think that list is pretty varied, but I think the um, the through line is just that we want um, people telling interesting stories and mm-hmm. really giving their like whole heart into like taking risks into roles to be recognized. Absolutely, and more representation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so, so obviously, so we're filming this in December. So the Oscars are a little bit away. Yeah. But what do you think of like this year's Oscar run category um, yeah. situation? What, what, who are you vibing with? Who are you excited to see? And who do you think will end up taking home an Oscar? To be honest, I haven't seen a lot. I mean, I think the only movies that are kind of getting the buzz right now are um, that, that I've seen are She Said and, um, oh my God, something else. But um, I'm really interested to see what uh, Margot Robbie does with Babylon. Yeah. Because um, she's getting a lot of buzz for that. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, I think she's also discredited as like a pretty face or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. she's actually a brilliant you know, actress, I, in my oh, opinion. Oh, yeah. Her and I, Tanya, uh, is a oh, performance God. I still think about. Yes, same. Um, yeah, uh, literally anything. Uh, speaking of Barbie movie, with oh, both her God. and Greta Gerwig, oh, I cannot wait for that. The teaser just oh, dropped, something. and I'm, mm-hmm. I just got chills all over. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so her, I have yet to watch uh, Michelle Yao in uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Mm-hmm. Oh, Karen, it's brilliant. I, I heard and honestly it's on my my uh, watch list for sure. Uh, but I'm I'm it would be it would be amazing if she if she wins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I've, I again I haven't seen it. Uh, but yeah, her I'm excited to see uh, Kate uh, Blanchett and Tar. Um, also, yeah. be prepared. It's a very long movie. I I went I went by myself to see that movie. <laughs> it's very long. Parts of it feel long, and parts of it. Whiz by. Whiz by. I think it's a head-to-head battle with um, Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh because they mm. both just have so much work in those movies uh, that they have to do, and they did it beautifully. Oh, my, my my vibe is like Kate already has two Oscars. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's award Michelle for this brilliant kind of. Um, Welcome back to Hollywood. Absolutely. Um, in, a, in a role that pro- might not come out again. Like, yeah. like it, it, it took a risk of A24 to put out this crazy, crazy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just think, let's give it to Michelle. She really deserves it. And, and she's put in her dues for sure. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, God, Crazy Rich Asians. I, she's mm-hmm. really into that movie um you know so many others honestly like you know she was uh she was actually i was, was just watching an interview with her she's like i got offered the mom and the like the bitchy mom and crazy rich asians then i was in the auntie she calls it auntie which is so <laughs> yep. cute mm-hmm. uh she's like then i was the auntie in uh the marvel movie um yeah 
And then uh, now they like they offered me the the grandma, and I was like, heck no, I'm, not, I'm just aging. <laughs> and, and then she's like, I, then I read the script and I loved it, so I had to say yes. But um, yeah, she's just lovely. Like she's an, and and all her stunts are done by her. People don't know uh, that. Yeah. But oh, she's yeah. like a stunt. She started as a dancer slash stunt woman, and then ventured yeah. into acting, which is amazing in my opinion yeah i mean she did the whole like so. couching uh yeah. crouching tiger hitting like, dragon and then she was in those bond movies yeah and she was like kind of like pegged as this like yeah this martial artist because like obviously like racism in hollywood correct um and then later with crazy rich asians it's just oh she's a phenomenal actress, actress. super yeah. commanding on on screen and then everything everywhere all at once it's just everything that, like everything wrapped up in a bow it's martial arts it's acting it's presence it's big moments small moments it's how to communicate this really complicated story mm. Ugh, brilliant brilliant you go watch eternal sunshine for us yes mine, and i'll go watch that one <laughs> we both have homework <laughs> yes we both have homework <laughs> and then is there like an act i mean we obviously love actresses so is there like an actress that is like working now that you think is on the trajectory to kind of win an oscar or be like in the like what i'm what i'm thinking of is like um when like the anne hathaway trajectory oh, of yes. she was like she put in her dues doing like these rom-coms and then yep. these movies and then she did rachel getting married which like kind of put her in the oscar conversation and now she's an oscar winner for les mis like That's is cool. is there an actress like that that you think is kind of coming up I mean, I, I think I just that. mentioned her, but definitely Margot Robbie. I think mm-hmm. she's yeah. definitely uh, on the, you know, brilliant, I'm going to win an Oscar uh, train. Because, you know, she just kind of like keeps proving herself over and over. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested, again, really interested to see like what she does with uh, Babylon because it hasn't come out yet, but I'm dying to see it. Yeah. Um, also, Carrie Mulligan. I think she, mm-hmm. she really yeah. hasn't gotten, you know, enough recognition um, I think she's been nominated a couple of times, actually, now that I say that, but um, just hasn't won yet. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the, you know, oh, Florence Pugh. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, like another one. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. She should definitely, I mean, in my opinion, she should I think so. Win. Yeah. I yeah. think Florence Pugh is like the next, like, clear line, like, Oscar winner of, yeah. like, give her two, more, two three more years. Yeah. Um, Recently, I've become obsessed. So this is a bit of a curveball of someone who I think mm. maybe in like five or six years will be there. Mm-hmm. I've been obsessed with Aubrey Plaza in a huge way. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's really dominated the indie movie circuit. Of <laughs> I just watched her in Black Bear, which was a brilliant film. Um, but she kind of paid her dues and like obviously doing like Parks and Rec, Scott Pilgrim, like dirty grandpa of all movies oh god but recently she with black bear with emily the criminal Mm -hmm. with white lotus um she's really stepping into this serious acting and people are recognizing that she has a lot of chops and that she's really good so i think kind of in that anne hathaway route if she were Mm -hmm. to get a couple more serious roles she could be a contender for an oscar down the road I agree. I do agree that she need. I do uh, think that she needs to show more range, though, because yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like all her characters are kind of similar. You know, the the quiet, awkward, you know, mm-hmm. weird character. But I think like she, if she get shows more range, they will, she will definitely be recognized. And you, you're so right when it comes to yeah. you know her showing her serious dramatic chops for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that. I love her. Aubrey, call <laughs> me. Um. All right, Karen. Are you ready for a little bit of a game? I'm always ready. 
<laughs> Yay! Okay, so this game is called Oscar. I barely know her. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you um, a famous Oscar in society. And you need to tell me if they are being slept on or celebrated and why. Okay. Um, like, basically, have they been snubbed? Have they been Oscar snubbed? Okay. All right. So our first Oscar here is Oscar Isaac. <laughs> I mean, definitely brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think definitely slept on. Um, yeah, needs more recognition from society. I think so, too. He's so, yeah. like, when he was not People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive, <laughs> I got angry. I got almost as angry as um, some of these Oscar snubs. Absolutely. Again, this is where, like, my, my therapist for Zona comes in, because <laughs> I, I, I've seen Moonlight, um, and, you know, they did not portray... I mean, it is it is a comic. Mm, I get mm-hmm. that, but they did not portray DID accurately, which is right. like that's when my teenage you know clients come back to me and say, "Hey, I think I have DID because blah blah blah." I'm like, "No, you don't have DID because <laughs> yeah, it yeah. doesn't happen all the time." Mm-hmm. But um, I guess my beef isn't really with him; it's with the writers, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> of the show. Did you what? Did you watch uh, scenes from a marriage? I have not, but I heard it was brilliant. Oh my god, I want your take on that as a couples therapist. Oh my god, Ooh, he okay. um he was a uh, um Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain in a remake of Ingrid Bergman's Scenes from a Marriage, but the roles are reversed, the gender roles are reversed. Hmm. Um, and so it's just all about like this decaying relationship, hmm. and it's brilliant acting by him. He got like a. I think got an Emmy nomination for it, Golden Globe nomination for it. Um, highly recommend. I think he's being slept on, but I would like to sleep on him. I think maybe that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> or or <laughs> vice versa. Or vice versa. Hey, yeah. you know what? I'll take what I can get. <laughs> All right. Oscar is it. Great. Um, our next one, Oscar de la Renta. Oh, I mean, I don't think he's really slept on, right? Because like everyone loves yeah. Oscar de la Renta. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, designer, he, I would say beautiful get to quote Aretha Franklin, beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think um, I do think he's only really taken seriously in like the red carpet space. TVH. Yeah, he's definitely. Yeah. yeah, he's I feel like he's definitely like a an award show circuit designer for sure. Yeah. 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 All right. Oscar de la Renta. You know what? You're doing good, but. We'll see a little bit more. All right. Yeah. Um, I got two more. Oscar okay. Meyer. <laughs> Who doesn't love hot dogs? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're absolutely nasty and gross, but everyone loves them. <laughs> um, they also remind me, like, every time I, it's become, like, the, the 4th of July, but then also, mm-hmm. like, um, that famous Jennifer Coolidge line, where she's like, makes me want a hot dog real bad, you know? So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's all I think of when I hear a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, Oscar Mayer's been doing some weird things. Where they Remember that Oscar Mayer face mask that they had? Oh, It, like, yeah. went around social media, I think, last Christmas or something. Yeah. Um, they just go bold with the market. Oh, of course, they have the giant um, Wienermobile. Yes, um, yes. I think they are appropriately slept on. <laughs> Yes, yes. Sure. Yeah, I think, but they do shine Fourth um, of July era, you know? Yeah, okay, good, good. Yes, yay America. Yay America. Uh, <laughs> and then our last Oscar, which might be my favorite Oscar in the world, is hmm. Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if I have a 
an opinion on that one just because I didn't grow up with the Muppets. Uh, oh, yeah, so, yeah. But from from what I understand is that he lives in a trash can, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And is just grouchy and angry all the time. And I'm like, you're a Muppet. Why are you so angry all the time? <laughs> I'm just like, oh, he's a New Yorker. Oh, oh, okay. And then like, now that I'm like really reflecting on it, you know, the trash can doesn't really help. Like that's the smell all the time. Maybe it's maybe it's understandable. I'll practice my empathy skills on. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. Maybe I think he's just a cre- um, creation of his habitat, you know. And so misunderstood. Very, very Grinch energy. It can't. Well, it can't be. You know, easy being that like puke colored green. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh, Oscar, we love you, Oscar. I hope that you um, hope you take a shower at some point and find happiness. And find happiness. Oh, I love this full therapy session for Oscar the Grouch. It's so good. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, so we have some Oscars that are being slept on, some celebrated, um, kind of running the Oscar game. I will say, there's not a lot of famous Oscars out there. No, not really. No. Finding yeah. that list was hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet. Good job on the, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Hours and hours of of labor, labor. Um, So we are coming to the end of our Oscar snubs conversation. Um, And Karen, you are no stranger to this this little segment I'm going to do. But every week I do ask a guest um, what they're obsessed with in a segment called Guest Obsessed. So Karen, are you obsessed with anything this week um, that is different from last time? Well, I was going to say actor on actor videos, but we've yes. already discussed those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I guess um, Christmas baking is currently my oh, current that's obsession. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, I'm actually looking for inspiration for a Christmas cake um, slash dad's birthday cake. His birthday is on the 23rd. So um, Ooh, we celebrate it. He, well, he likes, he actually likes it. He's like one of those weird people <laughs> that like... <laughs> I actually like celebrating my birthday and Christmas. He's like, everyone's here already. So, <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoy baking around this time of the year because it puts me in like the the holiday spirit for sure. Oh, oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, but with okay, so but back to these actors on actors things. Yes. So, do you have a ranking of of who you like, who you don't? Mm, I would say I really, really enjoyed the. Uh, the personality and the the genuineness of Michelle and Kate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, video. And then, like your, like you, I, I would rank uh, Carrie Mulligan and Margot Margo Robbie as my second favorite. Yeah. Uh, do not watch the Colin Fer- Farrell Firth, mm-hmm. <laughs> Colin Farrell, Firth yeah. um, uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis one because it's very pretentious, very like oh we're gonna it's like hard. yeah it's a hard watch. It's it, like that part where like he plays her a music piece and she immediately starts crying. I'm like, <laughs> we get it. You're an actress. You have all the feelings. We get it. <laughs> and and I love both of them separately. It's just yeah. when they're both talking about like the craft and like yeah, like everything. It, we get it. It's just it's just a it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yes, I think we're yes. we're very much aligned on that. Okay, Ugh. good, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Karim, I just want to thank you so much for coming on this podcast for round two. I'm so happy. Congratulations. Yay, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. <laughs> and um, before we go, I um, we did this last time, but I want to just reignite this conversation. Um, do you have any, like, social media or anything that you want the people to know about? 
Yeah, again, uh, Instagram is uh, KRMB20. Um, follow me on there if you'd like. Um, I post a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, nothing necessarily like in, in theme, but um, I really enjoy it and I just kind of like use it for fun. Yeah, and then you'll be able to see Karima's baking. Absolutely. Yes. Baking, fashion sense, the, you know, everything. my commentary on the upcoming Oscars, everything. <laughs> yes, and then you'll see probably more of the sequins that we're both wearing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we came prepared today. <laughs> of course. And for anyone listening to this podcast, I just want to make sure that you know to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at omdqpod. That's omdqpod. And let us know in the comments what you're obsessed with. Also, feel free to leave us a rating, a review on anywhere you get your podcasts because it really helps us out. All right, Karam, thanks for talking to me. I love you. Thank you. I love you. Bye. Bye.